please subscribe, hit that like button, rate and read the pod on Apple Podcasts, and let me know what you guys think in the comments. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an episode of The Boss Sauce. Today, I have Addie, who is a UGC creator and also has a very niche TikTok about reptiles. Addie, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm so happy to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, let's just dive into it. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into creating um, UGC and uh, reptile content? Yes. Um, so basically, I'm working full time as a loan officer at a credit union. I've been doing that for almost six years. And I've been trying to like find like a side hustle um, eventually that I'd like to turn into like a full time career. Um, but it's definitely a so slow process for me because <laughs> sometimes I lack motivation. Um, but I found out about UGC the beginning of this year in January. I was just scrolling through TikTok and I was seeing a lot of people post about like how to become a UGC creator, how to work with brands and make money and get free products. And I'm like, okay, that kind of sounds like a pyramid scheme. So I was just kind of like scrolling past it. And then like it just kept popping up. And I actually followed this one TikTok. Um her name is or her TikTok handle, I think, is Rebel Socials. And so I was like looking more into that. And I'm like, okay, this chick seems legit. She knows what she's talking about. So that's when I continue to do more research. Um, I made my own UGC TikTok, my own UGC Instagram, and I just kind of built my portfolio from there. That's amazing. How did you learn how to create UGC content? And for those that don't know what UGC content is, can you explain that? Yeah, so UGC stands for user generated content. It's basically where you make content for brands and they purchase that content from you and they post it on their social media and then they can run ads um, or they would pay you to post it on your social media. And it's just more so like the brands are leaning more towards UGC because it's just more authentic. And that's what people like. And people can relate more to someone being more on the authentic side versus like an ad. Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree with that. I think people relate more to the user experience and being able to see like what exactly the user's thought process was, just because I think mm -hmm. it is a little bit more authentic and genuine compared to um, like how ads used to be back in the day, like straight up commercials. Um, but right. how do you um, learn how to 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 create UGC content because it's I find it a little challenging. Um, I can create it, but it is a little challenging. It's a lot of a lot of work and a lot of shots. Yeah, especially like when I'm in the middle of like creating content, like recording. Um, sometimes I like I will create a script before receiving the product that way when i do receive the product i can just start you know recording right away um but sometimes like with me when i'm reading from a script i have to like repeat the same line over and over and over again and it can be like really frustrating it's like it shouldn't be this hard like i'm just reading a script but yeah sometimes i like i can record a shot like 20 times before i end up thinking it's perfect no, I can totally see that. How do you come up with the ideas for UGC content? Um, so it's more so like I 
also like research like other creators out there and see what they're doing, like what's working for them. Um, also, if a brand reaches out to me, I go to their social media. I see what kind of content they're posting, what they're wanting and what's working for them and what's not working from them. And I just kind of go based off of that. Do you usually try to get a lot of B-roll in your UGC content or do you like to primarily yeah. do more like headshots? Um, well, it really depends on what the brand is requesting. Sometimes they really don't have any specifics that they're in mind, but they do like B-roll footage. Um, I like recording B-roll footage because I'm not actually talking in the camera. <laughs> um, but that's like one of my more favorite ones to record and just like, like setting up the product in your home and how you like everyday use with it. It's just, like I said, that's more authentic and yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why it does take so long because you are trying to get these shots of you using the product, but also wanting to showcase like what the product is. And I feel like a lot of the times too, it's very, very detailed. And I think that's one of the reasons why it does take a lot of work because like you said, like you do create a script for it too. Cause a lot of the times it's, there's like certain talking points. I feel like that brands want you to mention yeah. in the video or Post. What's really important is that hook. A lot of brands love that hook. It's got to be a hook. And what I've um, learned from a um, mentorship that I was a part of was hitting the pain points, which is, you know, people relate more to those pain points. And that's how you can better get their attention. For people that don't know that, like what you mean by pain. For people that don't know what you mean by a pain point, could you kind of um, dive further into it so they understand? Um, yeah. So like, for example, I did a recent um, collab with this eyelash um, growth serum. And you, basically, I wanted to hit the pinpoint, pain points of how I have short natural lashes. And I just don't feel as confident when I'm not wearing fake lashes or mascara. And a lot of people can relate to having short eyelashes. And so when I hit that pain point, they just can relate to that. And they can see like I have short lashes. And then when I use the serum, I use a time lapse of when my eyelash or how my eyelashes are growing. I love that. I think it's kind of solving um, whatever target audience the brand has, like kind of acknowledging what they want to fix um, and kind of like really curating it towards them and how you can solve their problems, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep. So how do you find these brands to work with or do they reach out to you? Um, I would say uh, lately, majority of my collabs come from a few apps that I've downloaded. Um, there's an app called Join Brands. I don't have the best luck with that, but I do get like some smaller deals with that. Um, and then also a big app that I use is Incense. I find that like I've done like, oh gosh, maybe like 15 different brand deals from that app. And I'm rated a UGC expert. And um, so that catches the brands more when you're labeled that. And um, I still like, I kind of like lost the motivation to like do the cold pitching <laughs> emails to brands. Um, because it can be really discouraging because you spend hours on hours a day 
sending these emails and you don't really want to make it make it sound like scripted out like you're sending the same email to all these brands you want to make it like personable to that brand which that takes time to do and then you don't always hear back from the brands but that's when i encourage people to follow up like that is a huge thing in ugc is following up with your work following up with your emails um, but i do have a few brands that find me from like tiktok and instagram so they reach out to me so that's kind of where I've been getting a lot of my deals lately. How long did it take you um, to get your first client when you were first starting out and doing cold emails? Yeah, so I believe, um, so I started UGC towards the end of January of this year. I was mainly just focusing on like creating my um, social medias and my portfolio, because if you don't have anything to show your work, I mean, brands aren't going to know what they're working with, you know, so I was focusing on that. And um, I think I sent out my first email maybe towards the end of February. And I did not hear back from that. Um, <laughs> so that was really discouraging. So I was like my first email and I'm like, okay, here we go. I'm gonna, I feel like my portfolio was really good. But looking back, it was trash. Like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't believe like I actually like sent that to brands because they were probably thinking I'm some sort of joke. But obviously, you just learn as you go. Um, that's kind of what UGC is. It's just practicing. Um, but I didn't get I actually got my first deal through incense. Oh, wow. So mm -hmm. with your portfolio that you had mentioned, um, like when you before you got that first client, did you create some UGC content for free to put in your portfolio? Yeah. Like um, if I was reaching out to members, or not members, oh my goodness, <laughs> clients, um, they would be like, oh, we aren't doing paid opportunities at this time, but we would be more than happy to do a gifted collab. And so I was jumping on those right away just because even though I wasn't getting paid, at least I was still getting the product. And I was able to get the practice with that. Um, and then also, like, I would just find products that I use around my house, like my face wash, my moisturizer, like things that I already know and I'm used to using. I made content using that, put that in my portfolio, and I would also post those on my social media pages. Oh, that's awesome. Um, how many, or I guess... How long did it take until you finally got like a paid, um, a paid brand deal? Um, my first paid brand deal was probably a couple months in and it was only $15. 15? <laughs> like 15. Yeah. It's not a lot. It was only a, like a selfie with the product. So, I mean, there wasn't like a whole lot of work to go into that, you know? And so that's why I accepted it. Cause I just wanted to, you know, get that practice um, but yeah, it was a whopping $15, but that was on the Join Brands app too. Well, no, Incense. And Join Brands, I mainly just got um, collabs or I was just taking pictures of the product or taking selfies with the product, which they only pay like 15 to like $25 for the one photo. But I always try to like oversell myself. Um, I give them multiple pictures and be like, hey, if you want these as well, like I'll cut you a deal. So then that does work out most of the time. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that there's really nothing like the joy of getting your first brand deal, especially when it's paid, because it 
it really motivates you because it's like, oh, okay, I can do this. I can monetize and generate some type of income from this. Um, Mm -hmm. When they asked you for that, for that first photo, did you have to post it on your profiles as well? Or was it something that you just sent directly to them? I just sent it directly to them. (laughs) So that that's kind of like a benefit with it too. Like you don't have to post on your social medias and you don't have to have a large following to do UGC. Yeah, I think that's what a lot of people don't really realize is that you, like you said, you don't really need to have a following because it is UGC Mm -hmm. that user generated content. And that's really what these brands are looking for is like that curated, authentic experience. Um, Looking back, would you, would you have tried to ask for more than 15 for that photo? Um, Looking back, yes. Um, Even like within the last couple of months, like I'm trying to learn to not like sell myself short, even though I am desperate for those brand deals. Well, like the past couple months I have hit like a roadblock, like I've gotten like burnt out just from trying to figure out like managing between UGC and my full-time job. It became really stressful because I, so I kind of like backed away from it for a little bit. Um, but I'm trying to like get back on the train and get back on the groove of things. I love that. How how are you currently trying to address that and fix that? Because I feel like time management with content creation and working a nine to five, I think that's definitely a big obstacle that a lot of people have. Yeah. Are there is there anything that has worked for you in terms of um, helping out with your time and making time to shoot UGC content? Yeah, like I try to focus on making content on my day off from my nine to five. I mean, granted, I work, you know, five days out of the week. So I only have like two days, like Sunday and then a day off during the week to focus on UGC. And it's like, okay, do I focus on UGC or do I like rest up, you know, or get, you know, house chores done? So it's trying to find that balance, um, which I am still actively trying to figure out. But like there was a point in time, I think this is where I got like burnt out is I was at my nine to five and I was also doing UGC. Like I was at my nine to five editing my videos. I was, you know, replying to emails to brands, you know, so that's where I was like not finding a balance. And I think that's where I got burnt out because I was just, I was like really focused on UGC, you know, like, because that is my dream job at the end of the, I don't know, maybe by the end of next year, I would like to be doing UGC full time. Absolutely. I think like, like we talked about, it doesn't, it's not quick to do, Mm -hmm. but how, how long on average does it take you to create a UGC piece of content? Um, So it really depends. Like I will try to tell the brand that I'm working with, like, Hey, I normally will send you know, the first rough draft within five to seven days, which that may seem long to some brands, but it's like, well, you know, I have to write the script. I have to receive the product. I have to figure out how to incorporate the product in like my everyday use and just like recording, which like I said, recording for me can take forever trying to get that perfect script and the perfect shot. Um, and then editing. Editing is like, I think the most time consuming because then I feel like when you're editing, you find things that you missed. So you have to like reshoot it. And that's just, 
it's definitely time consuming. So I definitely think like five to seven day deliverables is fair in my eyes. Um, sometimes brands will be like strict on, we need the first rough draft in three days. And if they're strict on that, like I respect that and I will try my best to do that. Since you have to come up with the ideation for the content, do you do you charge more? Because I feel like that is, um, that I feel like th- that's more effort and more work for you. So I feel like you should you should be able to charge more for something like that. No, I agree, and I haven't really gotten really to that point where I can be like, okay, like because I know like with me like with just starting off like the rule of thumb in the UGC community is at least um $150 per like 30 second video and then if you want to charge for things on top of that like raw footage extra hooks extra CTAs things like that you can charge extra on but I'm still not like 100% certain on what I should be charging like I have put um in my rate sheet like $150 per 30 second video and then I've kind of learned like doing research that for raw footage you should charge 50% of that video. So like $75 per raw footage. Oh, wow. Does that also include, um, like, like for example, like, um, like if they want multiple shots or if they want anything like specific, does that include that? Or is that just like in general? And I just like lately, I just include that in my $150 price. Cause I just, I don't feel like I am like a hundred percent confident on like my, uh, like my extra charges that I should be charging. Um, it's just with, I just feel like when I send my rates to brands, sometimes I never hear back and it's just really discouraging. <laughs> so it's like, okay, am I charging too much? But then I see these other creators, you know, charging $300 per 30 second video. So it's like, what are they doing that I'm not, you know? Right. I think because social media and content creation, especially UGC, I feel like is so new. I think mm-hmm. that there's a lot of gatekeeping and people don't really want to share what they make or if they do share what they make. Sometimes I feel like it can either be a little higher than we think. Um, I feel like if we all like honestly kind of shared what what we were charging you would have a better grasp on how much to charge. But I heard that when you're first starting out, whatever you are planning on charging, you should double it because usually they say that you're actually under charging. Yeah. I feel like I'm definitely undercharged (laughs) because when I like told this brand, they were requesting, oh goodness, three videos and they weren't like, super complex or anything like super easy I could handle that and I just feel like when I told them my price for that and they're like oh great okay we can definitely do that and I'm like did I just like undersell myself with these videos you know which I feel like looking back I did but I mean that's just kind of a learning experience you know right and I feel like a lot of the times too like when you do um get like a brand deal from a from a company a lot of the times they will try to only do a product as payment type of deal until you bring up the fact that you want to get paid. Yeah. Yeah. I've had brands reach out to me like, Oh, you'd be great for this gifted campaign. And I respond back like, 
oh, unfortunately, I'm not accepting gifted campaigns right now, but I would still love to work with you. Like, I love your products. I use them every day and just kind of like get personal bowl with them. And then um, I haven't had any luck with this yet, but some people do where they can then you negotiate with the brand essentially. And then you can uh, eventually turn that gifted campaign or collab into a paid collab. Um, but the way I look at it is I accept these gifted collabs that could eventually turn into like, if they like the content, then I at least have the, my foot in the door where eventually, you know, if I reach back out to them for a paid collab, they would probably be more interested because they know what I could do, what I could produce for their company. Right. And I think they can also see that it's easy to work with you as well. I think yeah. a lot of times they'll um, look at the fact that you're responsive and that you post things on time and that the quality is um, meeting their expectations. What would you say is the hardest part about working with brands? Are you having trouble with social media? Need a content creator, a video editor, or need social media management? Well, those are some of the services that I offer. Go to reneesworry.com for more. Now back to the show. I would say like, like once I send over the content, I feel like it takes forever to hear back from them. <laughs> Um, which I get it, you know, they're busy too, you know, but like when I send the content, like I'm all anxious, I'm like, oh gosh, I hope this lives up to their expectations. And then weeks will go by where I don't hear anything. So I follow up and um, that's where it can be really difficult because I mean, you're waiting weeks to get paid with that certain brand deal. I mean, it could take, you know, a month or so before they accept the content or they may make you like do some edits, you know, and then you got to send that back over. And then it will also take time for them to then, you know, send you the payment. So. And is that through that, um, that program called, was it incense or was this, yeah. is this like on your own? Um, th that's on my own with incense. There's like a timeline, which is nice. Um, because it kind of holds me accountable it holds the brand accountable like look you guys agreed to these terms like this is when you have to submit the content the brand has five days to accept the content and respond to you so it kind of holds each of us accountable which i like yeah definitely is there anything that you use to hold these brands accountable like for example like a contract in place or like a deposit um, I have accepted deposits before from a few brands. I tell them I want 50% deposit upfront and then I will send them the rough draft with the watermark. I feel like with the watermark, it's very important to do that. Um, otherwise you could end up getting screwed over. I personally have not had that happen to me, but I've heard that happen to other creators. So I send over the rough draft with the watermark and then if they do accept it, then I have them send me the payment and then I send them the, the unwatermarked content. I think that's great that you're doing that. I think it's a way of protecting yourself because like you said, people do screw you over. And um, I actually do the same thing with accepting or requiring 50% upfront because if they end up not paying me or deciding to not um, go forward with the content, at least I got paid something for that time that I took out right. of my day to create yeah. that content. Yeah, I think that's very important. I mean, because like, I mean, cr content creation is just very time consuming from start to finish. So if you're at least getting 50%, I mean, at least you're getting paid for some of your time. And then back to the contract. Um, I personally have not I was, 
I'm actually in the process of looking into purchasing a contract um, from a creator and a creator lawyer. Her Instagram is, I believe, Legal Doer. Have you heard of her before? No, I haven't. Please tell. Okay, so I found her on TikTok too. Um, so she basically she's a content creator, but then she um, also practices law with like content creation and like contracts and stuff like that. So she really makes sure like she has all these um, different plans that you can purchase. Like you could just purchase a contract. Um, you can purchase like a contract and like some other legal advice. Like if a brand just doesn't pay you then she provides you with advice or legal terms to use with that brand to get your your payment. Oh, what was her name again? Legal Doer. Like On Instagram? L yeah, and TikTok. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to look her up and I'm going to link that down below because I feel like that's a super yeah. valuable resource, especially for content creators. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, I've learned a lot from that, like the legal side of things, which is very important. You want to make sure, you know, because you don't want to get in trouble with a brand. Because, I mean, if they sue you, like you're, you're out of luck with that. And I just like, I haven't gotten to that point where I'm like, like content creation, like I'm not doing it necessarily full time. I only, it's almost, I wouldn't say a hobby at this point, but it's more so just like, side hustle what, what i i do enjoy doing it um but yeah like i said i'm in the process of just learning more with the legal side and potentially purchasing a contract because i mean i'm taking ugc seriously but when you're taking it seriously to the point where it's your full-time career definitely invest in a, a contract yeah absolutely i feel like you have to really protect yourself and um almost like your reputation because it yeah. is it, it can be um it can be it can be rough it can make you um it can affect like you know the the work that comes in but also i feel like you need to have a contract in place just because it's technically a written agreement where the two of you like have agreed for xyz because i do have a contract and i do put in like um for example like that i'll post 10 days from the day that i receive the product because if it doesn't come in the mail on time or whatever and they're expecting it within i don't know a week and it comes in after a week and a half like yeah there goes that and then um it, it, there's just so much that that goes into it too because if i feel like if they don't like the the content that you create that's like another thing but mm -hmm. you can always like work with them and um go from there but it just sucks when if they ask you to like redo it or yeah that's why you have to like put it in the contract like look i'm only revising this maybe twice or three times max otherwise if they continue to be like oh i don't like this this or this that is a lot of time on your part to have to continue to go in there and edit and then send it back is that your process if they if they want to um edit something is your is your like max like twice yeah yeah because i i mean I feel like the first time around, like you'll find everything that you don't or the brand doesn't like about that video and they should tell you up front. And then that's when I'm like, okay, what what exactly would you like for me to edit into that piece? And, you know, with uh, communication is important. Like, tell me what you want or if I have, you know, um, just be able to do whatever I'd like to do with this edit. 
Um, it's just like saving me time and saving the brand time just to be upfront with what, what they would want. 100%. Um, in your pricing, do you also account usage rights? For example, if you send in like a photo and then they decide to use that photo for a whole year on their website, like your photo is like the first thing that they see on the website. Do you um, have like a fee or a process for going about something like that? Yeah, like they do say like you do need to charge for usage rights because if, if your photo is like in front of that like website, I mean, that's huge. Like you should definitely be getting paid for that. Like your face is not free. <laughs> right. So um, you definitely pay for like, if I send them this video and I'm like, okay, you have three months worth of usage rights for this video included in that price. After the three months, you charge monthly for those usage rights. I love that you put a time frame on that because I feel like that's what's really key because a lot of the times um, I, I've heard horror stories where content creators will like sign a contract, but it doesn't like it, it basically says that they can use their um, content like pretty much forever. Like they own the content. Yeah. Which... Um, I did make that mistake at the very beginning too. Uh, like a lot of like, reading a because the brands have sent me contracts i have not put a contract in place for myself to save myself quite yet still in the works um but when they would send me a contract half the wording i really didn't even understand i'm like okay this sounds fair and then i sign it and send it back and then i ended up later learning that they were using my content indefinitely for oh like 150 dollars. so it's like well, they got a really good deal out of me. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like that's, you know, that's a part of starting out as well as you kind of learn the hard way. Yeah. It's definitely just a learning experience. It's all you can do. I mean, everyone makes mistakes. It's just important that you learn from them. What piece of advice would you have for someone who's just starting out with UGC content? Um, I would say just do your research and just be patient um, because brand deals will roll in, um, you just have to be patient. Like you have, you do have to put in the work, like you can't just create a portfolio and then make a few posts on TikTok and Instagram and hope for the best, because that's not necessarily how it's going to happen. Unless your first video goes viral, then if so, that's great. <laughs> but most of the time that doesn't really happen. Um, you actually have to work for it. Like you have to post content, like um, when I was posting content regularly on my Instagram and TikTok, I was trying to do it like at least three times a week just to stay consistent. Would you say that if you're just starting out, like three times is like the minimum you should be posting? Personally, like with me, yes, that's what I was doing. Um, and I felt like that was like working with me, like gaining followers. Now, like I said before, like you don't necessarily need followers for content creation, um, but like, if you're, you know, if your videos are getting views, then more than likely they will start, those videos will end up, you know, on a brand's TikTok or something like that. And that's how, I mean, I've been found before by brands. And then you also have to use, when you're posting, make sure that you're using the correct hashtags too, to reach the targeted audience. How do you go about finding the proper hashtags? Um, so I've learned that like when you're using hashtags, like make three of the first hashtags, like what the video is about. And then the next three hashtags, like 
like like the product or like with me like say for instance with my reptiles like i'll put like hashtag reptile mom or hashtag reptile community because that's the audience that i want to target and now if you're like posting ugc content where you're trying to target you know brands attention then you could also hashtag like the brand's name the type of product and like hashtag um like how to work with brands or UGC, things like that. Do you have a certain strategy um, when it comes to posting content, like whether it be posting more reels or carousels? Um, I would say I post more reels versus carousels, um, but I have read like some, like a couple months ago, carousels were performing very well with the algorithm, but... I haven't really posted a whole lot of carousels. So how do you stay up to date with like all these different algorithm changes? Cause I feel like that is also another challenge with social media since it is forever evolving. Right. Um, I follow a lot of other UGC creators and then just, I see what they post, what's working for them. Um, I've seen a few UGC creators really take off from like when I first started following them when they only had like five followers. And now, I mean, they're traveling the world now with UGC making content with like hotels and Airbnbs, which that's a goal of mine as well. <laughs> like, I think that would be amazing. Um, but just like watching other UGC creators become so successful is very inspiring. Um, and then also there's this thing called the uh, TikTok Creative Center, I believe it's called. Um, but that's where you can also see what videos are performing well, what audios to use and things like that. Is that accessible only if you have a creator account on TikTok? Um, no, I think it's just as long as you have like a TikTok account, then you can link the two accounts. Oh, cool. Um, like a TikTok and Instagram or just like your TikTok and the creator? TikTok. Yeah. Okay, like you can cool. I didn't like, know that. I haven't really been using TikTok lately. Yeah. I mean, I learned a lot. Like at the beginning of my UGC journey, I did purchase a mentorship. That's not necessary by any means. Um, I just felt like that was going to help like kickstart my UGC career um, by purchasing that mentorship. And like she held me accountable for 30 days. Like she was like, you need to make this, this, and this on your portfolio. Um, you need to use this kind of hook. And she was like very blunt with me too, which is what I needed because <laughs> I didn't know really what I was doing. I was just kind of teaching myself all of this stuff. Um, so I thought the mentorship was very beneficial for me. Um, but the way I saw that mentorship, it was an investment because I eventually made my money back from UGC from what I paid for that mentorship. I, I love that you mentioned that because I think investing in yourself is so important. And um, you know, this whole time I thought you like learned UGC on your own. So that's why I was like, that's amazing. But now that you mentioned that you had, um, this, this mentor, um, is this is, was it a coaching program? It sounds like. Essentially. Yeah. Like, yeah. You purchase this program and like, um, I could message her directly on Instagram. Um, I like when I was working with brands, I would send the content to her first, have her review it. Um, she would also help me create scripts for the brands I was working with. And that was probably, I think I purchased that when I was like three or four months into my UGC journey. Um, because I just feel like I, 
I was getting brand deals, but I just, I wasn't like moving forward as quickly as I'd like to be. So I was like, okay, I feel like I'm to the point where if I did invest in myself, it would quickly pay off. And it did. I love that. I think there's nothing more um, rewarding than, than making that leap to, to get education mm-hmm. and then having it benefit you. Yeah. And I mean, there's other like co- UGC coaching that are free out there. Um, like just like the people would create these, um, like digital, oh gosh, what's the word for it? Course. Yeah. Digital courses. (laughs) Yes. They would create those. And I mean, that is another thing that you could create when you are, you know, becoming successful in your UGC journey. You could share that with other UGC creators that are just beginning. Yes. And I, I love courses. I've taken a social media course before and I'm actually taking mm-hmm. um, another course right now. And I feel like it's just so, so beneficial just because you learn so many things and it saves you so much time mm-hmm. rather than learning those things like on your own and doing all the research on Google and um, taking longer when it's just given up front to you and like served on like a silver platter and it's like right. digestible. Yeah. Yeah. And like another thing that I saw beneficial with, with the mentorship is I am personally a huge procrastinator. So I had that person holding me accountable, which I feel like I just, I always need that someone holding me accountable or else it'll take me forever to finish something. No, I can totally see that. Um, with your, your UGC, um, like content creation, uh, like what, what pieces of equipment would you say are necessary? Um, I mean, all you really need is your phone, really. Uh, but I mean, the way I look at it too is, is it's an investment. So I use my phone. I have a tripod. I have a ring light. I have a microphone. Um, I have a iPad, which I edit my content on. I just think that's easier for me to do versus on my tiny phone. Um uh, what else? I think that's really it. I mean, some people like purchase like backdrops or props too, which I have done that, but I just feel like that doesn't look very authentic. But some some brands like, you know, like the the props and the backdrops, you know, but some people lean towards more the authentic side of things. So are there any softwares that you like to use? Yeah, so I edit all of my videos on CapCut. It's free. Um, at least I'm pretty sure. I'm, I don't think I'm paying anything for CapCut. Um, and then I use WeTransfer. Um, when I'm not sending videos through Incense and I'm like just working directly with the brand, like just through email or social media, um, I use WeTransfer to transfer the content to the brand. That way it, it doesn't lose its quality. Like the like the pixel it doesn't become like pixelated when you send it to the brand so i think that's very beneficial to have is that similar to google drive yes yeah it is um i've tried to use google drive but i personally like a preference i just like we transfer so okay i love that yeah um you know i just remembered i i heard this content creator say like when she does send her work over to brands, she'll send it over in lower quality. So that way they can at least see the rough draft, like compared to, um, versus like doing a watermark. 
So that oh, way, <laughs> that's smart too. I have not thought about that. <laughs> yeah. So that way, if they did love it and wanted that piece of content, they would have to ask you for like the higher quality video. Cause usually they're not going to want that lower quality. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. If you don't want to put a watermark and sometimes some people say like having a watermark on your content makes it look, I don't know, not as professional, I guess, but I haven't had any issues with using a watermark. Um, how do you put your watermark? Do you use CapCut to insert that or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't like have it like take up the whole screen where the brain and the company can't like actually see. It's very, I mean, it, it's there. Like you can notice it. Like I, sometimes I just put like UGC by Adeline, like, cause that is just my Instagram handles and TikTok handles. So that's just what I use. Um, and then I just make it very faded. So it's not like as noticeable, but if the brand were to post my watermarked content, people would see, Oh, that's her content. And then they would let me know. And how, how do you stay motivated, um, with creating UGC content? And now you're also doing, um, your TikTok Gemini reptile mom. How do you, how do you continue to, um, to create for both platforms? It's more so I'm just trying to find what like brings me happiness. And like, I'm trying to, I'm still in the process of trying to find my niche. Um, when I first started, like I was doing like any type of niche, like I'm just trying to get a feel for what brings me joy and what doesn't just kind of weed out my niches. Um, and I mean, I'm, I have a lot of pets, <laughs> so I feel like that was only right to like, maybe see about exploring a new TikTok where I just post pet content because everybody loves pets. I mean, at least I think everybody does, but like I have like dogs, cats, reptiles, fish, um, almost anything you can think of really, I feel like. <laughs> um, so like I made that TikTok, oh gosh, a month or two ago and I already have, have over 1500 followers, which that TikTok has grown fairly quickly versus my UGC TikTok for some reason. So I'm just trying to like figure out like what's working and what's not working for me on each TikTok. You think it's because you're so niche since you're not just doing pets, you're doing reptiles specifically. Do you think that that has something to do with it? I think so. Um, because I feel like the algorithm like realizes that I'm mainly just posting reptile content. So it's pushing it out to people who are also reptile content creators or just people who like watching reptile content um, to where like with my UGC TikTok, I was all over the place. And so the algorithm, I feel like couldn't figure out who to push my content out to. Um, so that's where I think like I definitely found my niche is pets. So yeah. And specifically reptiles, because I saw that yeah. one of your videos has over 200,000 views. I think another one has like 18,000 and you made this TikTok, what you said like a month ago. So it's really impressive. Yeah, I was really excited when those views were getting up there because <laughs> that has never happened on my UGC TikTok. Um, I just think like the one TikTok that got the most views is I was rescuing a ball python and I drove over two hours there just to pick up the ball python and then drive two hours back. And I just kind of recorded the experience and the journey with that. And people really liked that. And I think it's because of the the authenticity and it's also um, 
playing to people's emotions as well. I think it was a very emotional piece of content and it was like yeah. very feel good as well. Mm -hmm. um, I think people really like seeing content that makes them feel happy. But right. I'm really excited to to see where your reptile page is going to be in a year. Because I think if you just keep pumping out your content, I think you're going to continue to go to go viral. And um, I think that you will explode within the next Yeah, year. I'm really excited for it. Because for a while there, I was lacking a lot of motivation just because I couldn't figure out what my niche was. And it was frustrating. <laughs> I mean, because I feel I consider myself a lifestyle content creator, which means you don't necessarily have a specific niche. And I just felt like that wasn't me. You know, I feel like I was just a lifestyle content creator just to get as many brands in as possible, which I mean, I still like if a brand reaches out to me that is not pet niche or reptile niche related, and I actually enjoy the product or I enjoy the brand. Yeah, I will definitely still make content with them. Yes, I think it's important to to do brand deals or work with brands that you like actually agree with because I I think it's um, not really fair to like your audience if you're just gonna do it for the money because a lot of the times your audience will also end up purchasing or um, buying what you recommend and I, I think that it's only fair to um, work with brands um, or products that you like 100% truly agree with. So I love that you mentioned okay. that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because if like you're just posting content just because because a brand reached out to you and it's not really a product that you enjoy or it's not a product like they said it was and you push that out to your audience, they're going to be like, well, I don't trust her opinion anymore. Right. And a lot of it, I feel like is... Um, based off of trust like building this communities because these people like trust you and trust your opinion on things so mm -hmm. i think that is um super important what piece of content would you say um both for ugc and gemini reptile mom are your most successful pieces of content um like ugc related um i actually had my two corgis involved and um it was a dog food company and they reached out to me because they saw I had two corgis and everyone loves corgis. So <laughs> um, I made content for them using my dogs. And I just felt like that really took off on their side because uh, I didn't, I mean, I posted it on my TikTok, but it didn't take off like it did on their TikTok. Um, they had to post it first and I had to like have a waiting period before I could post it on my social media. Um, but that was a great success. And I think my dogs really enjoyed being a part of it too, because I got lots of treats. Um, so I I really enjoyed having them be a part of that content. Um, and then along with my reptiles, I haven't really, well, I plan on reaching out to like reptile companies that provide, I mean, oh gosh, you wouldn't think this, but I mean, there's a lot of supplies that you need for reptiles and obviously brands are the, and companies are the ones to produce those supplies. Um, so my goal probably within the next month or two is to start pitching to those brands. Is there a certain, or do you have any recommendations for people that want to start pitching out to brands or sending cold emails? Um, yeah, you just have to, don't sound like a robot when you're typing, like do your research with the company, with the brand, see what they stand for. See if that's something that you support, that you agree with. Like if they're, 
um, you know, cruelty free, make sure that you include that in the email that you really support, you know, cruelty free products. Um, just make it personable. Just don't send the same email to 10 brands a day. Cause that's not, I mean, I'm sure these brands receive hundreds of emails a day from creators. So you have to do something that's going to make you stand out from the rest. Absolutely. And that's just by, you know, just like taking the time to research the brand. Yeah, I think that's what these companies are really looking for too, is somebody that really embodies what their mission statement is and kind of like what their core values are. Mm -hmm. How do you stay positive throughout this whole content creation experience? Because social media, it can affect your mental health in a bad way, but I feel like it can also be in a positive way. So how do you you, um, keep your mental health throughout all of this content creation and social media? So I'm kind of like living through that experience, like as we speak, like the last few months have been really hard for me, um, just mentally, because I'm just like, I feel like I'm just overwhelming myself with my nine to five and UGC to where I just kind of push UGC aside for a second, just so I can like, uh, like, just find myself and see if this is something that I really want to do. And from step taking a step back from it for a while, it is something that I do want to continue to pursue, especially after finding a niche that would definitely work for me. Um, I will say like, uh, it is very, I mean, I'm a very anxious person. Um, so like when I like, just like doing UGC can make me very anxious. I like talking in front of the camera is very nerve wracking for me, but also, I've been doing this for a while, so I, I slowly get comfortable with doing it. Do you have any tips for anyone that is camera shy and wants to create UGC content? Um, yeah, so what I've been trying to do is like I will just pull out my phone and just kind of like start talking to the camera, like recording. I mean, I'm not going to like post this stuff or anything. It's just more so getting comfortable with like seeing myself on the screen, seeing myself talk. And then um, what also kind of gives me the ick is like when I'm editing my videos and I hear my voice, it's just for some reason, it's just like, do I really sound like that? (laughs) My boyfriend and I um, have a joke and we always tell each other that we hate our own voices whenever we do listen to um, like any recordings of us. I think everyone experiences that. I don't know why that is. It's just, I mean, just, I guess it's just a process of trying to be comfortable with yourself and who you are too. Yes. Um, totally. I think with being a content creator, you have to be, you, mm-hmm. I mean, you may not feel 100%, but you have to be at some level of feeling secure with yourself mm-hmm. and being able to post content of yourself talking or um, doing whatever it is that you're you're doing um would you say that doing like faceless content is possible in the UGC world oh yeah absolutely um I mean I've made a few uh content creation or content for brands where my face was nowhere in sight and some of the videos I didn't even have to do a voiceover which that was very easy for me to do. (laughs) Um, But sometimes, yeah, brands um, won't require you to be in front of the camera. They may just require you to like record the product, um, leave like a review and just do a voiceover. 
or sometimes it will even like, cause you know how you can just like put the text on the screen, like with TikTok and Instagram reels and stuff. Sometimes they, they'll be fine with just that, which I mean, that would, if you're not comfortable with like talking or being in front of the camera, that is a, definitely a good way to get a start with the UGC. I love that. Do you ever get imposter syndrome? Yes. <laughs> like, I, I mean, with having anxiety, like you, you constantly feel like you're not good enough. Um, but I keep telling myself, like, I am good enough. Otherwise, I wouldn't be where I am today, you know. And you do have to give yourself more credit. I feel like sometimes like we just really down ourselves and we do have to take a step back and give ourselves credit. I love that. So, so true. Um, what would you say, Addie, is your secret boss sauce when it comes to UGC content? Um, is just be yourself. You know, you don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not because that's just going to make you feel even more uncomfortable. Um, just I've learned, like, just be comfortable with yourself. And when you are comfortable with that kind of stuff, like you feel more confident and the brands do see that in your content. I agree that it can tell if you're you're nervous or if you're mm -hmm. uncomfortable. Um, I think that it's something that you can't really describe what it is, but you can always tell how somebody is feeling on camera. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and, um, and Addie, this has been so fun. I can keep talking to you, um, but go ahead and tell everyone where they can find you if they want to connect. Um, yeah, so with my UGC TikTok, it is UGC by Adeline. Um, and my Instagram is also UGC by Adeline. And then my reptile TikTok is, oh gosh, uh, Gemini underscore reptile mom. <laughs> awesome. And I will link all of that down below so that people can connect. But awesome. Thank you so much for being on the Boss Sauce Addy. Thanks for having me. This was my very first podcast and I really enjoyed it.